0: Hello, Canada. Today's date is August 6th, 2021. It is Tony in Saskatchewan, and this is another Canadian common sense rant. I do want to start off with a positive. Our podcast is hosted by a company called Anchor.fm, which is owned by Spotify. And Spotify tracks our listeners... Well, not tracks, but I guess keeps track of our demographics. And the demographics show that 40% of the listeners to Canadian Common Sense are under the age of 35, which means we have a lot of millennials that listen to this show. And we're really glad to have you. I'm admitting that I'm kind of surprised because I sort of assume that most millennials were of a more leftist persuasion. And you know, some of our listeners are, and I'm absolutely fine with that. In fact, I encourage people from the left to listen to our show. But I must say I'm even happier to to discover that there is a large number of millennials in our audience who actually seek out this conservative voice in the wilderness that we are. As most conservative shows are, we are all voices in the wilderness in you know surrounded in a forest of leftism well that's a depressing thought isn't it but anyway to the other 60% who are older than the millennial generation and i'm in that 60% thank all of you for joining us too wherever you are listening in right now around the world welcome to canadian common sense and we're glad to have all of you okay what is on my mind tonight Well, big surprise, the Canadian government. Now, I'm going to go back almost 200 years, and I had actually mentioned this in a rant probably two years ago, a year and a half ago maybe. Lord Durham, who in 1837 and 38 was the governor of British North America in a manner of speaking, he would his title would have been similar to what the governor general is today the the monarch's representative in Canada. Of course, Canada was not a country at that time. There was but there was the colonies of Canada West and Canada East, which were Upper and Lower Canada, Ontario and Quebec, and the Maritime provinces as we know them now. They were they were considered to be the colonies at that time. Anything west of what is considered to be central Ontario now, was Rupert's Land and, you know, points unsettled, let's put it that way. At that time, and I'm going to stress, in 1838, Lord Durham, on his departure from Canada to go back to England, uh, after being here in 1837 to help quell the 1837 rebellions, Maybe m- many of you might not know there actually were rebellions in Canada in 1837. If you haven't heard about them, look them up. You'll find the story quite amusing. There really wasn't much of a rebellion, just a little bit of a skirmish, more or less. But anyway, I digress. Back to Lord Durham. Lord Durham penned a letter to the Crown upon his departure from Canada, and he said something and wrote something that has always stuck with me ever since another friend of mine pointed it out to me 20 plus years ago. Lord Durham had noted in 1838 that Canada is the most over country he had ever seen. Now, fast forward almost 200 years to 2021, do you figure that situation has improved Or do you think maybe it's gotten a little bit worse? Well, I'm going to put it to you that it has gotten a whole lot worse in this country and that Canada is grossly overgoverned and to the point where our government really can't get anything done. Now, this is where our friends on the left come in, especially the ones listening to this show are going to say, look at all the money they they rolled out the door when the pandemic hit. Well, yep, that's true. And they created a whole new bureaucracy to help administer that program. And now that that program is, well, I guess it's just changed names, so they still have the same bureaucracy. But even though the program isn't necessarily needed anymore, the bureaucrats remain. And that is the biggest problem, and that is what has got me so ticked off today. I'm just going to throw a couple numbers out there for you. 380,000 people are federal civil servants. 380,000 federal civil servants in Canada. That is a larger population than the city of Victoria that is almost as large a population as London Ontario as a matter of fact there's actually more people in the federal civil service than there are in all of Ontario west of Sudbury let that one sink in 50,000 people alone work for the Canada Revenue Agency. And in fact, that's probably more now because that figure is actually a few years dated. That's the population of North Bay, Ontario. Population of Brandon, Manitoba almost. Just in in Canada Revenue Agency. The Federal Civil Service has grown by 10,000 people per year Since the Trudeau government came to power in 2015. Now, here's another number for you one third of all working Canadians work for government, one level of government or another, whether it's a provincial government, federal government, a municipal government, or a government owned crown corporation. One third of Canadians work for government live off the taxpayer. I know, again, thank you to our leftist friends for pointing out those people pay taxes too, Tony. They do. Absolutely they do. But not any single one of them pays enough taxes that it would create a salary for another government worker. So, the other two-thirds of us are the ones paying that freight. So, You might think that with one-third of working Canadians working for government at one level or another, 380,000 Canadians directly in the federal civil service, maybe something should be able to get done, but it certainly does not. And what's got me ticked off today is the interpreters from Afghanistan. Now, this has been in the news a lot because... Now that the United States military is withdrawing from Afghanistan and the Taliban are sweeping through the country and retaking the country, and I'll leave my opinions about that one out of this this particular rant because it's not relevant. But now those interpreters who helped the Canadian for- forces in Afghanistan for the time we were there are begging the Canadian government to help them get out of Afghanistan because they are literally being hunted by the Taliban as I speak this podcast, actually. And the Canadian government, of course, is there to help. And, I mean, Justin Trudeau could maybe tweet out, welcome to Canada, but no, instead, he's decided he's going to let government bureaucrats take care of this. So what did our government bureaucrats do for the Afghan interpreters? Well, we have heard that one plane of Afghan families has now landed in Canada in an undisclosed location. Fantastic. One plane. Well, we're talking about thousands of people who need to get out. So the government of Canada first had said, okay, well, here's a bunch of forms you need to fill out online, and then email them back to us. Well, there's an awful lot of power outages in Afghanistan right now. Only one-fifth of Afghans actually have access to the internet, and if they do, they can't always guarantee it's going to be a strong connection. And for those Afghans who are on the run, like the interpreters are, have to rely on internet cafes. And... They don't always have access to a printer to print off all these documents. And in true bureaucratic government fashion, the program set up by the government, by more bureaucrats, was designed for Afghans in Afghanistan to apply. And there was a story I heard just yesterday of an Afghan interpreter who had actually escaped smuggled himself into Turkey, and then smuggled himself back into Afghanistan just so he could apply for this program to get to Canada. And I thought, that's absolutely ridiculous. And of course, because I heard this on a CBC show, one of the CBC panelists said, oh, well, the government has also set up a program, and we referenced this on this show not very long ago, to bring to Canada the, quote, human rights defenders, so perhaps they could apply under that program to try to get to Canada. And all I kept thinking was, you know, instead of forcing these people to try and fill out 26 pages of forms to get themselves into Canada, and, you know, just for an application, why don't we take a lesson from our friends to the south of us in the United States now I have absolutely no love for the current occupant of the White House I think that Joe Biden is absolutely an abysmal, colossal failure of a president but what I love about Americans as a people is that they know how to get things done and you Tell the Americans, for example, okay, your soldiers are going to pull out. All these interpreters helped American forces in Afghanistan for 20 years. We owe them a favor. Let's get them to the United States. That's all you had to say. Because Americans will say, well, yeah, because Americans like to help people. And sometimes a little overzealously, but Americans get things done. Americans said, okay, we're going to get some U.S., uh, military planes over there. We're going to pick these people up. We're going to bring them here, process them, get them in the country and get them out of Afghanistan. Boom, done. Canada, well, if they can just get these forms filled out and there's a three-day deadline for it, a three-day deadline. We have families who are on the run. Uh, One family we heard of does not sleep in the same location for more than two days because they are on the run and don't want to be killed. But, yes, by all means go to different government offices to get the proper government identification from Afghanistan to fill out forms for the Canadian government, send copies of these government identifications acquired in Afghanistan, and then just wait for some bureaucrat to process them. Justin Trudeau's office, and I had quoted this on one of our last shows, one of the interpreters had actually contacted Justin Trudeau's office, and the reply was, well, you're welcome to apply to come here. Tone deaf, completely tone deaf. These interpreters are being hunted for helping the enemy. And there was one interpreter who was talking with Roy Green on the weekend, and he said when they find these interpreters, they will kill their families, and they will bind the interpreter's hands behind their back, shoot them in the face, and leave them in the street to set an example. Well, that does send a message doesn't it and here's the problem government in canada creates too many programs hires too many bureaucrats who end up tripping over each other and nobody can get anything done because they're too worried about process and i know i'm a conservative we're all about process too much so yes but even worse so is our canadian government Now, here's the problem. If we took a a lesson from our friends in the States, we would just get all these interpreters out of Afghanistan, fly them to anywhere out of Afghanistan, process them there, then bring them here if we had to. But the problem is nobody knows what program to apply for. And that was part of the problem with the CERB when it got rolled out the program that the leftists will celebrate, saying the government got it done, sure, they threw lots of money out the door, but people, some people ended up falling through the cracks because they should not have applied for CERB and did and got it, and turns out now they're not going to be asked to pay it back anyway. But other people didn't think they qualified for that, so they didn't apply for CERB. Some applied for EI, did not get EI because they didn't qualify, and... It continues to go back and forth and they jump from department to department and people fall through the cracks. And that's the problem when you have too much government. You have too many programs overlapping one another and you've got too many bureaucrats trying to one-up the other one, justify their own position by trying to take over a different file that's not theirs and nothing gets done. Take a look at the Canadian military. We have gone through now three Prime Ministers, and we still don't have new replacement jets for our CF-18 fighters that are older than a lot of the Millennials uh, I referenced earlier in the show. Mr. Harper had a deal to buy some some F-35s. Mr. Trudeau came along and canceled it, bought some old F-18s from Australia to replace our old F-18s, and is now looking at making a new deal for fighter jets, which might take another 10 years. Admiral Mark Norman, remember that name? He was trying to get a new supply ship for the Canadian Navy because we only had one that was in service and ended up retrofitting a container ship so that we could get something put together and out the door quickly. Long story short, he ended up losing his job because he didn't go to the shipyard that the Trudeau government wanted him to go to, to get the ship retrofitted. God forbid Mr. Trudeau not be able to pay off his friends after all. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many more examples of how governments in this country just can't get anything done. And it's costing lives right now. It is costing Afghan interpreters who were absolutely vital to our Canadian soldiers and Talk to any Canadian soldier who was in Afghanistan and they'll tell you that. I mean, these people were right beside them and they were invaluable. But because of bureaucracy, this government can't get it done to get these interpreters and their families to Canada. Same, we've got one plane landed in Canada when the Taliban have literally surrounded Kandahar which is the base the Canadians operated out of, and apparently southern Afghanistan is almost completely overrun with Taliban right now. So how are we going to get another couple of hundred plane loads of these interpreters and their families out? Well, the short answer is, I don't think we will. And we as conservatives are part of the problem here, because we as conservatives continue to tell the leftists because we don't want to offend anybody and we want to try and get those leftists to like us. Sound familiar, Mr. O'Toole? We continue to say, you know what? We can manage your crappy, bloated government programs better than you can. And that's true, we can. But you know what we really need to do? We really need to scrap the overlap and actually create some programs that just get things done. I feel terrible for these Afghan interpreters and their families and I know a lot of them are not going to survive and they're going to be captured by the Taliban because they are literally being hunted by the Taliban as we speak and the Canadian government is not getting anything done and sadly this is endemic in our military and it reminds me of the situation in Rwanda some 20 years ago, maybe even more than that, well, it was longer than that, almost 30 years ago, when Romeo Dallaire was a leader of the UN delegation, and because he was so afraid not to wait for orders from the UN, he and his his troops sat and watched several Belgian soldiers get butchered right outside of their compound by the the Tutsis, or maybe it was the Hutus, whichever was the the tribe that was the aggressor, and did nothing because they had no orders from the UN. I mean, and Mister Delaire was haunted by this and by many of those of those demons for years to come, and I feel for him for that. But instead of just making a decision, doing the right thing, and going out there and engaging. He let a bunch of soldiers die that didn't have to. And that is exactly what the Trudeau government is doing right now with Afghan interpreters. Again, Mr. Trudeau and company, take a lesson from our friends in the United States. Just get something done. money